Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. It's great that you joined us for this episode of This Week in the Word at www.dredhill.podbean.com. It's entitled, Telling Time for Beginners. Armor up, buttercup. (laughs) It's for Sunday, August 14th, 2022. Hey, did you know that this is a 200th episode posted to This Week in the Word at www.dredhill.podbean.com? We have a wide range of message series and standalone episodes as well. You know, one of the ways that you can be a missionary is to actually share these episodes with other people right from where you're listening. You can send that to them and they can listen too. Well, one of the ways to learn to tell time if you're a beginner, and by that I mean that you're not extremely knowledgeable yet of the Bible, perhaps you're brand new to Christianity, or you're only wondering what is this Jesus stuff all about anyway. Maybe you don't even know what Christianity is, but you're starting to think something is going on here, you know, in the world. Uh, You'd be right. And I'll tell you this, one of the ways for telling time for beginners is to realize that we are in a spiritual warfare. That's why I say, armor up, buttercup. It's said that the phrase armor up or up armored derived from the Iraq war when the Humvees and other vehicles had to be re-armored or additionally armored to avoid explosive devices, which were deadly to troops. If you do a even a surface survey of the Bible from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. And don't worry about writing those down. That's the first verse in the Bible all the way to the last verse in the Bible. What you're going to see there will open your eyes to the existence of a, what I would call a parallel spiritual universe that frequently intersects with our physical universe. We live in a physical universe, yes, but it has a definite spiritual dimension. I'm going to read to you two passages, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament that give an example of when that spiritual universe invades our physical universe. And I don't want you to look these up. You can write them down and read them later. I just want you to hear them. 2 Kings 6, verses 15 to 17. I don't even want to explain everything going on here except to say when the prophet walks out of his house, the enemy completely is surrounding the house, all right? Literally, the the physical enemy, the army of the opposing king when the prophet of God walks out early in the morning. So I'm reading here in 2 Kings 6, 15 to 17. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host, that means an army, (laughs) an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, 
Alas, my master, how shall we do? And if I put that in Southern terms, it would be like, whoa, Bubba, we got problems. <laughs> that might be how somebody from the South would say it. I don't know how you would say it from where you live. But the servant walks out, I'm assuming, with, with the prophet Elisha, and he sees this army surrounding their city and obviously surrounding where he lived. Verse 16. Now this is the prophet Elisha talking. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And probably at about this point, his servant looks around and says, I don't see anybody with us. <laughs> are you feeling okay, Elijah? But look at verse 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. So initially, the servant physically could only see the chariots and horses, the physical ones of the enemy army surrounding them. When the Lord opens the eyes of the servant as Elisha prayed, now he saw that the, the mountain surrounding where they were, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. These are, these are the armies of God. And they, there were more of them, far more of them, than the physical enemies surrounding them. So everything turned out all right. You go read the whole story in 2 Kings chapter 6. Here's one from the New Testament. Matthew 8, 28 to 32. Now, this is during the gospel ministry, the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ before his death, burial, and resurrection. So in Matthew 8, verses 28 to 32, starting in verse 28, we read this story. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Now that is a... That is a pretty startling question that these entities, these beings, you say, well, isn't that just the demonized men saying that? Well, if it's coming through their voices, yes. But what, what, do you, what would they admit? Are you come before the time uh, in order to torment us? That would be a pretty strange statement or question for these two demoniacs to ask. So there's something else going on here. Verse 30. And by the way, although the Lord Jesus Christ had never met them in his earthly ministry, these two demoniacs knew who he was, and they knew he was the Son of God. How'd they know that? 
Well, it was someone else, other beings living in their life that knew who Jesus is. You see what we're saying here? Verse 30, And there was a good way off from them and heard of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine, and behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And again, if you'd like to read all of that uh, section of Matthew, Matthew chapter 8, verses 28 to 32. So we just saw two examples of when this parallel spiritual universe, I mean, it completely collides with the physical universe that we Sometimes we forget, we think we only live in a physical universe. But it's a physical universe God created, but it has that spiritual dimension that most people just are oblivious to. They don't even recognize it. Now, again, we're talking about telling time for beginners, and I'm going somewhere with this, okay? So stay with me. The Bible records periods of increased spiritual activity, like we've just seen, both good and evil, at critical junctures of human history. And I just listed some that I could think of. There are probably many, many more. But here are some major ones. At the creation and the fall of man, we, we know from the Bible, Lucifer who was created as the highest angel, but he he wasn't equal to Jesus. You know why? Jesus is not an angel. Jesus is creator God, okay? But we know that Lucifer was not happy with what he was created to be, and pride entered his heart, and all of that. We talked about that a couple of episodes back on this podcast, so you can go back and listen to that. But at the creation and fall, there was great spiritual activity in the angelic realm, both good angels, most of whom remain loyal to God, and the evil angels who rebelled against God and lost their position. Also, I believe that angels and their activity, especially demonic activity, were greatly Uh, evident in the world prior to the flood and after the flood. Then we think of many times among Israel and Judah's kings when various kings were very, very wicked, how there was demonic activity happening there. And by the way, do you want to know an easy way to tell who were the good kings and the bad kings among Israel and Judah? Here's the easy way. Israel had zero good kings. And Judah, the southern kingdom, which was uh, two tribes, they were kind of a mixed bag, and they had several good kings, but a lot of them were, were pagans, okay? So it, was, it's a, it would be a shorter podcast series to do the good kings of Israel 
than it would to be to all the kings of Israel and Judah because there were so very few kings who were true to God. But during their reigns, we see it sometimes at various points, great demonic activity. Obviously, we know from the Bible that among the pagan kingdoms that demonic spirits, fallen angels, and good angels were at work. And we see that curtain pulled back in the book by the prophet Daniel. You might want to read all 12 chapters of the book of Daniel, and your eyes will be opened. At the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, obviously, Satan tried to kill the Lord Jesus at his birth. During the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, all of the crazy demon events that occurred during the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, one of those, uh, maybe more, I can't remember, but at least one occurred in a synagogue where a man who was demonized, but presumably he was there every week and well thought of, but he actually was demon indwelt. And when Jesus came to that synagogue, this guy flipped out, all right? And and we have that account in the Gospels. At the passion of the Christ, the, the trials and the sufferings, the crucifixion, and all that took place there, there was, I believe, great, great demonic activity. But the angels were also present. During the church age, when the church was born on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the uh, ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, excuse me, 50 days after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe it's 10 days after his ascension. At the birth of the church and throughout the church age, many, many biblical as well as as, um, historical examples of this spiritual activity, both good and evil, in church history. We know from the book of the Revelation that the time of the tribulation, the 70th week of Daniel, if you read the book of the Revelation, you will be gobsmacked with the demonic activity that will be present, openly present, in the world during the tribulation period. And then at the return of Christ, there's demonic activity. It won't keep him from coming, but they're going to try, and of course they'll fail. And even at the end of the millennial kingdom, when Satan is loosed again, there is an effort to rebel and overthrow his reign on the earth. Of course, it lasts about 15 seconds, and it's over. But even then, we see it. So again, to sum it up, the Bible records many periods of increased spiritual activity, both good and evil, at critical junctures of human history. I heard in the last week or two, now I haven't checked this out myself, and the source that I listen to, I trust them implicitly, but I, I, I heard that TikTok, in many ways, is the new headquarters of the occult. I mean, not maybe not the whole thing. That's not what we're saying. Like, you know, if you go to TikTok, you worship the devil. I'm not saying that. 
I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you could use TikTok and witness for the Lord, but, but here's the point, though, that I heard, that a, an astounding amount of subject matter relating uh, positively, like, oh, this is good, promoting the occult, Satanism, demonism, witchcraft, all of that stuff is present on TikTok. And I have understood that there is a site that was put up, uh, and I'm not saying it's on TikTok, but somewhere else. I don't even know the name to it. If I did, I probably wouldn't tell you because I don't want to send people there. But there is a site dedicated to witchcraft. Are you ready for this? That's had, I know you're not ready for what I'm about to say. That's had 5 billion with a B, 5 billion hits. And we would assume that the majority of those, those uh, visits to that site were because people are positively interested in it or involved in it. But clearly that has demonic activity. Here's a great one I heard this week. And this is one of those you might say, well, I don't know about that. And I don't either, but I'm going to tell it to you because it's interesting. I have started watching a podcast, uh, uh, a YouTube channels, what I mean to say, of a fellow who travels around the country to interesting places and videos them and narrates it. It's pretty interesting if you like history and things like that. Well, he went to Gary, Indiana. And who knew? <laughs> Gary, Indiana was the home of what was called the Demon House. And allegedly, in the backyard of the Demon House was a hole that was considered to be a portal to hell. Now, I don't know about you, but personally, when I think of the headquarters of Satan, I don't think of Gary, Indiana. <laughs> but here's why I'm telling you this story. I want you to hear the whole story. So many decades ago, there was a, a family that lived there, and they became aware of a presence in their home that was like a, a supernatural, otherworldly being. What was it, Pastor Ed? Well, I don't know what they thought it was. I think it was, if it was really real, I think it was a demon, all right? But anyway, they didn't know. I mean, they hadn't been to some course on this, all right? So this kid allegedly is in the kitchen, and this, this, uh, this being throws the kid out the window of that house against the wall of the house next door. And these houses are, you know, when, the, when this one still existed between two others, it was probably about 10 feet from the wall of the other house. So I could imagine even a, a large man throwing somebody like that. Well, say, well, that's a pretty crazy story. It gets crazier. The story goes that there was so much commotion relating to this house that the authorities, I mean like police, fire, whatever, the authorities came to the address later to investigate what is all this crazy talk going on. And they saw enough things happen while they were there that basically, according to the story, is that they said... Well, you know, basically, we don't know what's going on here, and we don't want to know. That's basically their, their approach. So they demolished the house and filled in that hole in the back. 
Now, is that a real story or not? I don't know, but it was interesting, wasn't it? But you can imagine if it all actually happened, how weird is that? And even if it didn't happen, it's sort of like Satan has the attitude of, hey, even bad publicity is better than none at all, right? So, you know, he, he got a lot of glory through that either way, right? Now, here are two experiences that I have had recently in this realm. Recently, as in maybe five months ago, uh, I was at night, I was asleep, but where my car was parked somehow, and I don't have time to go into the details, but where my car was parked innocently, a gunfight broke out during an attempted robbery. My car even got hit. It ended up the next day within the yellow tape of a police crime scene. And sadly, unfortunately, someone in a car parked next to my car, it didn't have anything to do with me or my car, but they just, they were parked next to it. Uh, someone died in that. A, a, uh, a lady died in it. I don't know who it was. I don't even know right now who it was. But somebody did die in it. But there was uh, at least 11 shots fired. My car was hit. And thinking about it a little later, it occurred to me that, you know, I'm no major globetrotting world evangelist, but I do put up this podcast every week and I present the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And I'm no Billy Graham, but almost we're working on seven oh, over 7,500 downloads of the podcast, so I'm trying to get to 8,000 as fast as I can. And, you know, I know compared to other numbers, that doesn't even show up, and I know that. I understand that. But here's my point. People in places like Brazil, I think Peru, Turkey, I think Saudi Arabia, Russia, Australia, other places that I will never go and have never been, there have been people, I don't even know who they are. I don't know if they're Christians or they're people who are curious about Christianity or want to become a Christian. I don't know. Maybe it's the governments of all those places listening. I don't know. Someone has been listening to the Word of God. You see what I'm saying? So whether it's uh, mega millions, which is not, or thousands, God is using me, among many other people as well, to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and preach the Word. Are you following me? You tracking with me? So I was thinking about what are the odds in the entire city that I live in, in Memphis, Tennessee, which allegedly has 800,000 residents in the Mid-South. I doubt that number, but that's the story anyway. But there's a bunch of people that live here, all right? What are the odds that a gun battle would break out right beside where my car is parked and uh, sleeping inside, not in a car, but, but uh, in my place, uh, as, as the crow flies, a crow would have had to fly only about 50 feet you know, to be on my window. You, you see what I'm saying here? 11 shots fired. Apparently these people do not go to target practice because the shots were all over the place. All right? And I realized, hey, probably, and this is what I think, probably this was a twofer. 
That is, demonic forces who are always up to no good, inspiring people to do evil things, and it's certainly evil if somebody's robbed, and even more evil if somebody's murdered in the process, right? Hey, this is like the demons talking, hey, we can get a twofer here. You know, we can do our dirty deeds, which we're always doing, but this dude is right there. Maybe we get a stray bullet to kill him. You see how that would be a twofer? You say, Pastor, you can't be serious. Well, you hang on there. You hang on to that thought. Also, <laughs> a few weeks later, this was like last week, actually, uh, you know how people go up and down streets breaking windows out of cars? Well, this was done. My car's parked, you know, where it can be, uh, same thing can happen as happens to other cars. Now, I'm not saying I'm special. I'm just saying here's what happened. Whoever these people were went down, down the road knocking out car windows and stealing and doing whatever they were doing, but then they skipped my car and they skipped a, a truck parked beside my car. And then they continued two cars later, knocking out more windows. I mean, does that make any sense to you? And I'm thinking, yeah, the demon said, hey, let's get these guys to go break windows tonight, you know, and rob people. I mean, that's a good dirty deed, right? <laughs> and it looked to me like they were going all the way down a row, but then inexplicably, they, they skipped my car. Isn't that wild? Could it have been that they were prohibited from doing that? That's what I think. <laughs> now, I want to tell you something. Listen, we're in the last days. We are in the end times. Do I know exactly when the Lord is coming back? Nope. But I, I can tell time. And I've been learning to tell time for almost, uh, what is it? I think about 45 years. And I can tell time, and we are in the last days. We are in the end times. Now, could revival come and all of it gets delayed? Absolutely. But if, it, if the Lord doesn't intercede, then we are rolling swiftly to that time. And we are seeing an explosion of demonic activity, I believe, right before the rapture of the church and right before the return of Christ. And that's what I would actually expect to see. Just as we talked about at those major junctures of human history, the creation and the fall, the birth of Christ, his ministry, the crucifixion, uh, and you know the tribulation and all of that. So I would expect to see an increase and in explosion. I think that's what we're seeing. People today are nuts. And I don't think they're nuts just because they're nuts. I think there are a lot more people who are being influenced by forces they are not even aware of mentally and spiritually. Here's the point of my episode today. Uh, armor up, buttercup. Here's the point. We are on a battlefield. We are not at Wally World with Chevy Chase. All right, we are on a battlefield. We are in a warfare. And if you name the name of Christ, you consider yourself a Christian, it's time for all of us who are true blue for the Lord to armor up. And we've got to quit being the buttercups we've been for too long. We've got to realize the war 
that we're in. Now, right about now, you're probably thinking, now, it's really tough. Yes, I agree, but my family is so mean to me because I go to church. My, my classmates at school mock me. Hey, what you have at your school is lack of classmates, all right? And they just feel inferior and try to get you to feel that way too. Or my boss promoted the biggest gold brick at work because I love Jesus. Well, he may have. But I'm going to tell you what, all of that stuff you just mentioned, although I can see how that could be used in spiritual warfare against you, that's nothing compared to what's coming up. Are you, are you feeling me yet? Are you hearing me? We need to armor up, buttercup. The days are coming in America. The days are coming if the Lord doesn't rapture the church first, and he may, but if he doesn't, that's up to him. The days are coming when the government may be showing up unannounced at your doorstep with a warrant and a subpoena or without one, but signing up with a warrant and a subpoena signed by a Christian-hating judge to search your home for hate speech material, like a Bible, you know, or other Christian literature. So you've got to be kidding me. Did you know that goes on now around the world? Did you know in the old Soviet Union and in China right now and many other places like that around the world right now, this goes on where you are simply disappeared? That could never happen here. Hey, it's starting to... It's starting to have the, the conditions and the, the tools and everything put in place for that to happen. If you think that can't happen, you're just telling me how ignorant you are of what's already happened many times around the world in political history. And I know what I'm talking about. You may not. I mean, you may be unaware, but I'm telling you, we're not in the kind of times that we've been used to, and it's going to get tougher. Days are coming when you will be on a list to be threatened, imprisoned, or executed if there's not either revival in America, or the church is raptured, or, or God just delays what we see starting to unfold before us. Now, I'm confident I'm on a list. And it's not so much a person's list or a government's list, although I think that too. But I'm on, I'm on the enemy's list, Satan's list, the demon's list. Now, again, I'm not saying I'm doing all that, but I'm just, I'm, the point is I'm doing what I'm given to do. And I'm a threat to Satan's kingdom in that that regard, I play a small part in the army of Jesus warring against the enemy's army. The days are coming when you may be expelled from school or university for violating the safe spaces of just about everybody on campus because you breathe and believe in Jesus. The days are coming when you will be prosecuted for illegally proselytizing someone from one of the protected religions to follow Jesus Christ. Now, that's a big deal to a lot of people. Is you, 
you took them away from their pagan religion into the only way that they can be saved, through Jesus. Now, let me plug this in. If you've listened this far and you're not getting it yet, listen right here. Because there's a spiritual universe that intersects with this physical universe, if you're a Christian and you're experiencing trouble at work, now I don't mean because you're doing a bad job. You deserve it if you're doing a bad job. But if you're doing great work, you're a great student, you're a model neighbor in your neighborhood, you know, you, uh, all, all of that. I mean, you're just doing the best you can. But you're running into problem after problem from people and problems you can't explain. I want to pull back the curtain and say to you that people are not your problem. Now, they're the sock puppets. They're the tool, the vehicle, the, uh, the actors being used by beings you can't see but it's the beings you can't see that are your actual problems. And right about now, the light bulb is starting to go on for many of you. Like, wow, I've been trapped in fighting with this individual, and I realize that I'm a Christian, but they're not. And, and by the way, let me, let me say very quickly, this doesn't mean every if you're a Christian that every person giving you a problem is a, a raving demoniac. I'm not saying that. Don't get the Hollywood idea like the exorcist and all of that stuff. They're, but they, they can be under the sway and the influence and be used by the enemy, even though they may not be demon-possessed, all right? You understand that? All they have to be is in the flow of the world thinking of that time, like, oh yeah, you know, of course this is true. Everybody believes it, and you know it's not in the Bible. But they believe it, and so they are used by the enemy. It's sort of like being in a river. They're in that flow, and I don't even know it. So people ultimately are not the problem. They're just the tool, the vehicle, the sock puppet for other beings you can't see. Pastor Ed, who are the other beings? Come on now, you got to put your heart into this and your mind. It's the fallen angels. They are the army opposed to the Lord and everyone who belongs to the Lord. Is it starting to make sense now? All right, now I'm going to read, and we're going to uh, close with this here because we're going to wrap it up right here. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Now, most of the time, and it even happened today at church when I went to church. And it's amazing to me that with no, no collaboration at all, the pastor at my church today preached on this same passage that I was going to record on this afternoon, same day. I wouldn't be surprised if there were many other pastors across the land that were led by the Lord to preach on this passage today and they had no idea anybody else did it. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. Now, usually when pastors preach on this, they get completely bogged down in describing the equipment of the Roman soldier and his weaponry and all of that. And I, I, 
I don't want to get all bogged down in that because that's almost always how this is done. I'm doing this for a different reason, to open your eyes that we are in a war. All right? Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor. That word panoply, panoplia means complete armor. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil has methods or strategies or battle plans, all right? So we have to have on the whole armor of God that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, right? Verse 12, here's where I want the light bulb to really come on. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What, what does that mean, flesh and blood? People. People are flesh and blood. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I've heard this described in numerous ways. I believe it's talking about the, the organized army of the enemy, his network of, you know, the devil is not God. He can't be everywhere at the same time, but he, he, uh, he does the best he can by working through this vast network of fallen angels. And they're organized. That's the main thing I want you to get out of that, that they have a plan. They're organized. And I think it also, well, I know, like from the book of Daniel, it involves human political rulers like kings and governments as well. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of, this, of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So armor up, buttercup. We are, we are not in Disneyland or Wally World. We're on a battlefield. Wow. Wake up. Verse 13, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, same word as before, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. That means like to take your position and don't budge. Be a, be a true warrior and a weapon for the Lord because you're covered with all of this armor. Verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. So it involves truth versus error. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. That word there is thorax. It's that big piece of armor that covers the chest. So we have the righteousness of Christ because of our salvation. And, shod, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So what are we involved doing? We're busy going around getting out the word about Jesus, right? And then in verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That word shield is the same word used in Greek for a door. And somewhere along the line, somebody had the idea like, huh, 
I could hide behind that door if I could carry it with me everywhere. So the Roman shields eventually were large doors, basically, that they carried around that could hide behind. But you notice it says, and quench all the fiery darts, like those flaming arrows that are being shot at them by the enemy. Well, they, they got to the point that a lot of those shields were covered on the front with leather. They would soak them in water before battle. When a fiery dart hit the shield, it got extinguished. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. So we're provided with a salvation that surrounds our, our mind, our thinking, because we, we can't be lost if we're truly born again. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So this is now an offensive weapon, but it is part of the armor of God, the complete armor of God. So he says, uh, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is where the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God like a, a, a short, broad sword that the Roman soldiers use to take those short jabs. It's not like a cavalry, uh, cavalry, 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 like horse riding soldier. It's not one of those type of sabers, all right? It's, it's a shorter knife for up-close fighting where you can dispatch an enemy like boom with one, one thrust and he's a goner, all right? And that's how we use the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, and how he uses it in us and with us. And in verse 18, we, we do all of that and it goes to, to prayer but I think this is also something we do as an offensive weapon, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and, and for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So my overall point today is simply this. Armor up, buttercup. If you're really a Christian, it's time to realize that, that uh, Wally World closed a long time ago. Disneyland has done kicked us out. <laughs> we are in a war with enemy forces. But, 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 Pastor Ed, I just wanted to go to heaven. I didn't sign up for the army of Jesus. It's a package deal, my friend. If you're truly saved, you are in the army of Jesus and you can't get out, so you need to armor up and realize that even if the rapture's soon, it doesn't mean we won't go through a lot of difficulty before we get there. Armor up, buttercup. And that's another way we can, as a beginner, learn to tell what time it is. I think we are approaching the end times, the last days. And as I've said before, if we're not, it'll look a whole lot like what we're seeing. I want you to write down a phone number, 877-247-2426, 877-247-2426. With Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can know for certain how your eternity will turn out. Instead of following Satan and being condemned with him to an eternal hell, you can follow Jesus Christ 
and be welcome into heaven. Call that number or go to chataboutjesus.com, chataboutjesus.com. I want to thank you for listening today, and I close with two verses. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you for listening. Please like the episode, follow the podcast, and share it with someone today. Tell them how can they how they can hear the good news of Jesus Christ at www.dredhill.podbean.com, the home of this week in the Word. Bye bye.